Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. I want to start out today by taking you back over 50 years. Some of you weren't born then. Some of you, like me, had already started your business careers. On February 1st of 1970, my wife Kitsy and I bought a music store here in Lawrence, Kansas, where we still live. It was downtown Lawrence, and we had that store for about 10 years. It was called Paul Gray's Music. It was my business, my identity. I would uh, meet new people on a trip or somewhere, and you'd get to talking, and they'd say, well, what do you do? And I'd say, well, I'm a musician, and I own a music store. That was my identity. Now, when I owned that music store, I had a lot of obligations and responsibilities and expectations. My name was on the line. I had a nut to crack every month, a budget to meet, sales to make, inventory to manage, decisions to make, employee decisions to make, scheduling, filing deadlines, inspections to prepare for, rules, regulations, payments, a lot of payments, insurance, utilities, building maintenance, taxes. Six days a week I was there, and I thought about it a lot on Sunday. It was my circus. They were my monkeys. Now, during that time, I made a good living. Things went well. But over the course of eight, nine years into it, things changed. The economy changed. My priorities changed. Then May 1st, I believe that was the date, 5.30 p.m., 1979, we signed the papers and we sold our last store. I walked out the back door to the parking lot where I parked every day, got in my car and drove away. The very next day, May 2nd, 1979, there was a new sign on the front. The store had a new name. The locks had changed. When you called, they answered the phone with a different name. I suddenly had no relationship to it at all. None. No obligations, no responsibilities, no expectations, no name on the line, no nut to crack, no budget to meet, no filing deadlines, no inspections or rules or regulations or payments to make, no insurance, utilities, building, nothing, no taxes to pay. Well, to me, that was really good news. I was free. The store was still there. Some of my old employees were there. The inventory that I'd worked with was there. Downtown Lawrence, 926 Massachusetts Street. But it was no longer my circus not my monkeys. Now, today, I want to talk with you about a similar organization that many of us have been set free from, an organization that we used to be totally involved in, but today we have no obligations to it, no responsibilities, no nothing. A very similar thing to me leaving my music store business has been happening to me in this last stage of my life, and it has with many of you, too. I want to use a verse that I've been talking about a few weeks now. I'm going to continue to. 
The Apostle John, who was Jesus' closest friend here on earth, one of his inner circle of four people who knew Jesus arguably better than anybody, wrote this in 1 John 1, 5. He said, this is the life-giving message that we heard Jesus share with our own ears. It's still ringing in our ears. He said, here it is. God is pure light. You will never find even a trace of darkness in God. And you know what? That's really, really, really good news. We are free from any system that believes in or worships or teaches that there's even a trace of darkness in God. That system is not our circus. Those teaching and beliefs are not our monkeys. Now, the Apostle Paul went through a very similar transformation. His given name was Saul, S-A-U-L. He worked his way up to the top of the leadership as a Jewish Pharisee, a religious leader, a teacher of the law. Then, on his way to persecute Christians, he encountered the only true God, as Jesus called his father. God showed up to Paul in a bright light, knocked him off his feet, knocked him off of the horse he was riding, and revealed to him that Jesus had always been in him. And that God had chosen him from before the beginning, and that Jesus was still in him, and that they had chosen him for a specific purpose, and he was set free. The religious entity that his whole life had been wrapped up in was instantly no longer his circus. The laws were no longer his monkeys. His belief in a bipolar, angry God was gone. They changed his name from Saul to Paul. Later on, he wrote this to a, a group of churches in Thessalonica, 1 Thess 5.21. He said, I want you all to examine everything by putting it to the test and afterward hold tightly to what is proven to be right. Francois de Toit translates it this way in the mirror. He says, test everything like one would test gold to determine its true value. Then treasure with great care what is true. So, exactly what is the test? How do we administer the test? What is the test? See, Paul found out that the old test of religion, or what the Scripture clearly says, of course, in his day, all they had was the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scripture, but similar for us today, the old test of religion, well, the Bible clearly says this, except, of course, it says something different to most everybody who says that same verse, whatever they're quoting. Instead of the Old Test of religion, Paul says, and John says, the only valid test is God is pure love and pure light without even a trace or a hint of darkness. So the test is, if anything you see or hear or read about, about God, has a hint or a trace of darkness in it, it fails the test. Only things that have no hint or trace or shadow of darkness regarding the God in it pass the test. Only 100% pure light, pure love, pure grace passes the test. God's true value and our true value is pure love and pure light and pure grace that doesn't even have a trace or a hint of darkness. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 5, John says this, Jesus is the light 
capital L, the light that bursts through the gloom and darkness of men's hearts, and the darkness can't overcome or diminish or put out the light. The mirror says it this way, the darkness was pierced and could not comprehend or diminish the light. Now, darkness, as Francois says, represents mankind's ignorance of his redeemed identity and innocence. Jesus entered our darkness, which only existed in our minds, and defeated it and overcame it. John wrote this in 3.19, John 3.19. The light of God, capital L, Jesus, has come into the world, but the hearts of people love their darkness more than the light, capital L, because they want darkness to conceal their evil, their evil, dark, impure concept of God. They want to retain their concept that God has some darkness. God's on our side, but he's not on your side. You're not like us. He's going to get you. See, darkness represents our ignorance and our not remembering. It's a figurative illustration. It's not real darkness, but light is the great, great way to reveal it. Darkness seems like it's real in our mind, just like we can feel cold or hot or afraid from the thoughts. Now, 40 years after I sold my last music store, fairly regularly, I'll have dreams that I still own a music store, and I'm trying to do something, and it's just not working out. I'm trying to sell something, and I go into the storeroom, and I can't find it. It's not there. Or somebody wants to buy something, and it doesn't work. I can't get it to work. Or I've got a big presentation to make, and the people that are working for me are nowhere to be found. I still have dreams, and they're very real. And then I wake up, and immediately Papa says, wasn't real, Paul. It wasn't real. Take no thought of that. Not your circus, not your monkeys. Take no dark thoughts. See, light, pure light, is truth. Light eliminates all darkness, all impurities. In John chapter 8, Jesus really demonstrates this in a great way. John 8, verses 1 to 11, this is the story of the woman caught in adultery by the leaders of the religious system. Now, there's always elementary, rudimentary lessons involved in things that we read in Scripture. There's also virtually always a much, much, much deeper spiritual truth that's there. The elementary lesson, of course, is don't commit adultery because it's not good for you or for the people that you're committing adultery with or for their families or whoever. Good things don't come from that. Now, that's just the elementary everyday, duh, you know, lesson, don't commit adultery. Now, here's the deep spiritual message. The Hebrew teachers of the law had a very dark concept of God. Not only did they take the Ten Commandments that I believe God gave to Moses, but then Moses expanded that and added another 603 to it, including what you should do to somebody who was caught in adultery. They had the dark concept that God would, and he wanted them to, take somebody who broke that law, judge them, shame them, which they were doing with this woman, and then stone her and kill her, all in the name of doing what God wanted to do. They'd all been taught, that's what God's like. That's not what God's like at all. Jesus is the exact representation of God. Jesus wasn't like that at all. Jesus said, you want to see what the Father looks like? Look at me. Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus, when they brought this woman to Jesus, he lovingly showed them and her that God's not like that. 
there's not even a trace of darkness in God. Jesus, pure love, pure light, loved her, didn't condemn her, set her free from the law of religion. He said, go, I'm not condemning you. Nobody's condemning you here. Go on, now don't do this anymore because it's going to hurt you and hurt other people. But I love you. I forgive you. See, Jesus, who was pure light and grace and love personified, had no hint, not even a trace of darkness in him. Now, the Pharisees didn't like that. They thought God wouldn't be like that. So they thought, well, Jesus obviously is not like God. After he sent the woman away with new life, in verse 12 of that account, John 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whosoever journeys with me shall not walk in darkness. And he was very obviously talking to the religious leaders who were walking in darkness, but instead will radiate the light of life. Well, that really contrasted the religious leaders' concept of God. So, in John 8, verses 13 to 27, that whole passage there, the religious leaders argued with Jesus, and they condemned Jesus of being dark. <laughs> and in verse 31 of John, Jesus says, look, abide in seamless union with me, Jesus, who is light and love and grace, and you will know truth, capital T, and truth, capital T, Jesus himself, will set you free. And he says, when I set you free, you're free indeed. You're free from darkness. You're free from religion's concept that there's even a trace of darkness in God. That's what Jesus set us free from. He came to give us abundant life, which is knowing and relating to and living in seamless union with perfect love, perfect life, with no hint or even a trace of darkness. Now, remember before creation, Papa love, Jesus love, Holy Spirit love, who are all pure love, pure light, pure relationship. They conceived of everything. They dreamed us all up. They dreamed the whole thing up before they ever spoke anything to existence. And folks, it is not possible for pure love, pure light, pure relationship to even conceive of doing anything dark or evil or punitive or wrathful or vengeful. It's not even conceivable. That's why John stresses so much God is pure light. And in God, there's not even a trace or a hint of darkness. Jesus came to reveal the only true God in whom there is not even a hint or trace of darkness. And he did. Jesus always wants us to think of God's light as pure with no hint or trace of darkness. It's for freedom that he set us free. Now, that day in May of 1979, the day I sold my last music store, I was done. I walked away. No obligations, no expectations, no name on the line, no nut to crack, no budget to meet, no filing deadlines, no scheduling to do, no inspections to prepare for, no rules or regulations or payments, no insurance, utilities, building maintenance, no taxes. I was free. It was no longer my circus. It wasn't my monkeys. Now, we are in the exact same situation with religion. Not our circus. Not our monkeys. We're free to it. Sometimes we'll be tempted to go back. Sometimes we'll be tempted to think like we're still there. But we're not. Paul went to the church in Galatia 
and told them the truth, the good news about Jesus, and they readily accepted it. And they became a a wonderful community of pure light and love and grace. And after Paul left, some religious people came in and said, yeah, yeah, Jesus is fine, but you got to do all of these things to stay right with God, because if you don't, God's going to get you. They didn't present a clear, perfect, pure love and light and grace God. They presented a version of God with darkness. So Paul writes to them. He writes the book of Galatians to them, and he shows them, don't have anything to do with that anymore. In Galatians 5.1, now I'm going to change that. He uses words like circumcisions and stuff like that. To That was slang then for talking about all the religious law and stuff. So I'm going to change that just to religion. Galatians 5.1, he says this, let me be clear. The anointed one, Jesus, has set us free, not partially free, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the religious bondage of our past. He said, I, Paul, tell you, if you think there's any benefit in the old system of religion, then you're acting as though Jesus, the anointed one, is not enough. Verse 3 and 4, he says, I say it again emphatically. If you go back, if you believe in a different Jesus and a different gospel that has a a God who is dark, then you've fallen away from the revelation of grace. He says, Jesus came to set you free, free to not go back to that. Matthew 5, 14 to 16, it's a passage where Jesus talks about us. And remember, as Jesus is in the world, so are we. And he was preparing them for that when he said, you guys are the light of the world. He'd already said he's the light of the world. Now he says to us, you're the light of the world. And he's talking to us today. The message translates it this way, Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Jesus says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God's not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. He said, if or since I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? No, I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on the hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Man, we are the light of the world. As Jesus is in the world, that's who we are, and that's what he's got us to do today. I want to finish now, not with a 50-year-old story, but a very recent story. A couple of days ago, my wife Kitsy and I were asked to advance somebody some money for work they were doing for us, and they'd already done a lot of the work. They had some left to do, and they asked for different reasons they needed an advance on some of that money. And so Kitsy's handling this project, and so she came to me, and she said, you know, I've been thinking about that and praying about it, and the Lord led me to Proverbs 3, 27, which says, do not withhold good from those to whom it's due when it's in your power, in the power of your hand to do so. Don't say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I'll give it, when you've got it within you right now. And I was actually thinking of the same verses. She gave it to me in a in a new translation, which was great. But I said, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. No problem. So we did. We were blessed by being able to help this person out. They were blessed. Everything's good. Now, I don't say that to pat ourselves on the back. I just say 
I got a different reason for telling you this, but I wanted to set that up. And to me, that's part of oneness in action, living as one, listening to what God has to say and then saying and doing what he asks us to do. All right. So that was in Proverbs chapter three. Now, back in my religious days, when I was in a different circus with different monkeys, I used to read the book of Proverbs every month. I did that for several years, a number, not just a few, a number of years. Every month, I would read one chapter in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters, so a lot of months have 31 days, some 30, of course. Every day for years, I didn't miss. I would read that if it was the fifth day of the month, I would read chapter five of Proverbs. And I internalized that. I memorized a lot of it. So when I read what Kitsy gave me, Proverbs 3, 27, it sort of brought back old memories of my old circus days. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll just go ahead and read the rest of this chapter because, you know, this is good stuff here. And so it goes on to say, verse 29, do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Don't strive with the man without cause if he's done you no harm. Don't envy the oppressor. Don't choose their ways. I mean, that's good practical advice. I mean, that's like Sunday school advice. I was thinking back to the good old days of religion, reading a proverb every day, saturating myself. Then I got to verse 32, which says, For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord. Abomination is a feeling of hatred. It's a thing that causes disgust or hatred. But then the verse goes on to say, but his secret counsel is with the upright. God hates the perverse people, but he loves us. Verse 33, the curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. And who gets to decide, who gets to decide what's wicked? Going to movies, whatever, you all know that. Verse 34, the writer says, surely God scorns the scornful. It's like an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, repaying evil for evil. Surely God scorns the scornful, but gives grace to us, the humble. Well, I read just those three verses, and I had all sorts of things in my mind going back to my religious circus days. But God was right there, and he helped me. And rather than get mad, rather than go search the Hebrew meanings of those words and research what might have happened in translations and trying to get things to work, rather than condemn myself for believing those things and not questioning that God hates people and perverse people are an abomination to God, rather than getting mad and putting down and disdaining people who taught me that, I did. I practiced what I've been preaching. I just listened to the teacher, the Holy Spirit of Christ in me, who gently reminded me, Paul, we are pure light. We are pure love. In us, Paul, there's not even a hint or a trace of anything dark. There's no darkness in it. Those verses are not your circus. They're not your monkeys. They're not true. They are a no thing. You are free from that. Welcome to the new. Boy, that was such a wonderful time with the Lord. 
And I'm experiencing those times, as I know many of you are too, all the time. I'm done with that system. It has no hold on me. I have no obligation to it. I have no responsibilities to it. I don't have to check with somebody to see, well, what do you think about that? No, I'm done with it. It's gone. I'm free from it. I'm in a whole new deal now, new life in Christ. I want to close with the uh, lyrics to a song by my favorite musical group, Mercy Me. The band Mercy Me, Bart uh, Millard is the lead singer, the leader of the group. Some of you are familiar with this song, I Can Only Imagine, in the great movie by that name. One of his latest uh, CDs was called Welcome to the New. By the way, it, it certainly appears to me from their lyrics and from seeing them in person, hearing them talk, that they are on this journey with this as well. Here are the lyrics to their song, Welcome to the New. Gotta live right, just stay in line. You heard it all at least a million times. And like me, you believed it. They said it wasn't works, but trying harder wouldn't hurt. It sounds so crazy now, but back then you couldn't see it. But here you are now, eyes open wide. It's like you're seeing grace in a brand new light for the first time. Let us be the first to welcome you. Welcome to the life you thought was too good to be true. Welcome to the new Welcome, welcome to the new. You broke your back, kept all the rules, jumped through the hoops to make God approve of you. Oh, tell me, was it worth it? Maybe the whole time you were spinning plates? Did you stop to think that maybe he's okay with just you? There's no need to join the circus. But now here you are, a new point of view. Now it all makes sense. Why, it's called the good news. Let us be the first to welcome you. Welcome to the life you thought was too good to be true. Welcome to the new. Look at you, shiny and new. Look at you. You got the proof of purchase. You were purchased because you're worth it. Look at you, finding your groove. Don't you dare think that you're not worth it because you are worth it. Yeah, you're worth it. Let us be the first to welcome you. Welcome to the life you thought was too good to be true. Welcome to the new. Yeah, welcome to the new. We're waiting for you. Welcome to the new. God's saying that to me every day. And he's given me the wonderful opportunity to say that to you and to everybody else that we possibly can. Hey, thanks for watching and listening, everybody, to Grace to All with Paul Gray. I'll see you the next time and welcome to the new. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.